It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Gavin Newsom uh, recently announced that his administration will push for a new measure modeled after Texas's abortion ban law and his goal, of course, to limit the sale of quote, assault weapons and ghost guns in the state. We'll get into the issues of what is the market in the terminology and the accuracy in a moment. But this proposed bill, according to a release from Newsom, would allow Californians to sue anyone who manufactures, distributes, or sells an assault weapon or ghost gun kit or parts, as stated in his release, for damages the same as he sees it in Texas. But the devil's in the details and also not accurate characterization of the Texas law. So let's take this on with Dudley Brown, president of National Association for Gun Rights at nationalgunrights.org. Dudley, good morning. How are you? Well, good morning, David. I'm doing well. So let's start with this idea and a simple difference. Our Second Amendment rights, that's in the Constitution. Abortion, not in the Constitution. Does that factor alone play into going at against or fighting this law that Governor Newsom is proposing? Well, clearly he is attacking an enumerated right that's very specific. It's been ruled on multiple times as being uh, not only explicit, but applies to the states um, in both the Heller and McDonald decisions. So equating that with some perceived right to an abortion is, is a pretty big stretch. But what he's really doing is weaponizing the, the courts and the concept of turning in your neighbors and, and, and creating this ability to to go after gun owners if you're a, you know, can I see your manager Karen type? Uh, which I, I, for my, sorry to people in California, there are a lot of them in California. You know, I want to take on something else here. Not necessarily even take on, but clarify. And you and I know it, but let's bring it into the discussion. Because part of this uh, for Gavin and Newsom, for Gavin Newsom rather, Gavin Governor, same difference, for Newsom is to set up and advance a narrative where the laws cannot prevail. Looking at this from a constitutional point, it could be challenged and overturned and possibly even in the Ninth Circuit, the arguably more liberal circuit that has been overturned more than any other circuit in current history or maybe for decades now. The idea that they state or sells an assault weapon. That, to me, is more political marketing than the obvious accuracy. When they say assault weapon, they're driving that narrative of, you know, the AR, which stands for Armalite, not assault rifle. One pull of the trigger, one bullet, much different than an automatic weapon. So to me, this sounds Dudley like political marketing with those two words. Well, they're they're definitely doing some gamesmanship here, and um, Governor Newsom is bowing to his two major constituencies within uh, let's call it confrontational politics, is and 
you know, the pro-abortion movement and the gun control movement. And, and he kind of sees them as one in the same and the same. And they're definitely his base. Uh, but it, it, no doubt, David, this is a, um, an odd way of approaching it. I'm not sure they gave it a lot of thought. And maybe it doesn't matter to Governor Newsom and his staff that this could be challenged and, and thrown out very quickly uh, because it is an enumerated right. And it's trying to go around the Constitution and saying, well, heck, we can ban assault weapons. You already do in California to a large degree, uh, but, but instead you can ban them and, and then create this quasi-civil uh, uh, penalty of uh, encouraging people to go and file suit against the sellers of firearms. Now, you and I both know it's not just, quotes assault-style weapons. You know, they're, they're going after any firearms. And if they actually cared about, about stopping, uh, let's call it gun violence, I put air quotes around that, um, they wouldn't be going after the semi-automatic rifles in that respect. I mean, handguns, handguns kill a lot more people than every year than, than semi-automatic magazine-fed rifles. Um, but that's, they're just trying to find a way to vilify a style of firearm. And let's face it, in California, they've done a good job of that. They have. Yeah, and they also take the focus off the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. No, 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 no. They've they've vilified the AR-15 for decades in California and, um, and in many other states. But, uh. The, the weird part about it, David, is the cat's caught out of the bag. We estimate that there are more than 40 million AR-15 variants in American hands right now, civilian hands. It's kind of tough to put that cat back in the bag. So here, here's a question, and I, I, I'm beginning to see a trend over the last few years. Certainly they went after the gun owners in the past. But to your point, and remember Diane Feinstein and various others, California-based and otherwise, but, you know, the, this banning of the AR, right? This banning of what looks like. I mean, they should ban movie guns. They look scarier if we want to apply their logic. <laughs> but it's still one pull, one bullet. But, but you know, th- this idea is to now, it seems go after the people by weaponizing people against people because they've, you know what, they really have lost the battle. Not that they've done, they're done fighting, but they have lost the battle to tear apart the Second Amendment in many ways. You mentioned it, the Heller decision, other decisions longstanding, but they're not being effective, right? People know the truth between and the difference between semi-automatic and automatic. You know, same way they know the difference when Newsom puts out a tweet this past Saturday that says if Texas can ban abortion and endanger lives, California can ban deadly weapons of war and save lives. Now, I guess Newsom goes to war with Pete Buttigieg, who uses a one-pull, one-shot rifle as a weapon of war. But you see, to me, this is now go after the people even more and weaponize citizen against citizen well the reason i think they've really lost it david is is because not necessarily court decisions um i've been a gun lobbyist now for 28 years um, almost 29 now in 
and and I I rarely see any laws struck down with Heller or McDonald decisions. However, um, right now and over the last two years, especially during this pandemic, the American people are voting with their wallets. They are buying firearms in record numbers, and it's not just camo-clad bubbas in Alabama. Um, it is it is housewives in New, in New Jersey and um, teachers in New Mexico. Frankly, David, I saw a a Bernie bumper sticker on the back of a Prius parked at a gun shop. Uh, last year um and i went inside and it, you could pick them out easily i talked to to my friends and they said the number of people walking through the door who are not what you would call your normal uh everyday Amer gun owner it are are astounding they're buying guns in huge broad numbers now that doesn't mean it changes how they vote uh they don't i don't all of a sudden, they buy a firearm and automatically they start voting for every conservative Republican who runs for office. Uh, but it does tell you that that they don't really want to be caught in a situation where they can't defend themselves. And uh, um, I, I think that's a vast majority of Americans agree with that. So that's a tough hill to climb over. Yeah, it is, and you know they're they of course see the realities. Uh, that's why they push narratives uh, when they continually lose. There's a point in a National Association for Gun Rights. I know you're focused on policy and a lot of this, but policy has a foundation in how uh, in the particulars of your policy. You mentioned women, right? Gun ownership amongst women at my gun club. More and more women coming in to buy and train and learn how to use the weapons. I see them in the classes, a yep. growing percentage. But there's another part of America. Here's a problem I've seen in my, I guess, adult life or observational life. In poor communities in America, whether it be urban or otherwise, but I would say especially in the urban, higher crime environments, Part of the ownership of illegal guns by individuals was not necessarily to commit a crime, but to protect themselves, right? They're poor, they're underserved, they may even be unbanked, uh, you know, whatever, struggling to get by. And a lot of people, and I've talked to people over the years, they had an illegal gun, you know, whether in reporting or background on stories, because they wanted to protect themselves and their families. We've seen somewhat of a rise anecdotally, and I don't know if you've done any studies on this, but a rise in poorer urban communities where when they're able, people are going out to buy guns now that they may not be able to join a club that would be nice to train properly to, you know, to understand the, how to clean, use, maintain the weapon. They can learn that on their own. We did before gun clubs were around, uh, but that's something I think that tells us that Americans are interested in their safety and a gun in the right hands is what's needed. So what do you think about that in those poorer areas in America? Well, we're still talking relatively small numbers uh, on the numbers I've seen uh, say that, that of the new firearms owners, a great number of them, uh, a growing percentage, certainly the more, 
the largest growing percentage actually is minority purchasers. Um, and um, that's we've seen a lot of growth in that. We've seen growth in, in female ownership. It's not the traditional uh, male-dominated uh, area that it once was. But the numbers are still pretty small in those worlds. Uh, I think your point, though, about about poorer communities um, thinking they're underserved, let's say law enforcement, especially now, doesn't want to go into those, a lot of those neighborhoods. Uh, one, they think it caught, it's antagonistic, and two, um, given some of the court cases and, and incidents that have happened, they, they believe that many of the officers could end up in in hot water uh, for doing their job. And and so whose job is it to protect uh, your family, uh, your house, your, your citizens, you know, your next door neighbor? Um, frankly, I think people in every community think, well, I guess I better, ha- I better step up myself. I mean, I have a saying I've been uh, using for decades now, and that is that law enforcement are forensic historians. Their job is to come and take a take a report on on who was killed and where their body is and what the evidence is. There aren't enough of them. There never will be enough law enforcement to quotes protect you uh, from from bodily injury. You need to use your brain, your feet, and sometimes, if you're forced to, uh, the tools of self defense. And in the modern world, of course, that's usually a firearm. And um, you can't expect law enforcement to uh, to take care of you in that respect. There's many court cases that say they're not actually uh, held to that requirement, and and why should they be? Uh, it cannot be the case. So that means you better take take it seriously. I, I have a, a a very far left neighbor who came up to me uh, a year and a half ago, and as in early in the pandemic and asked me if I was still teaching classes. And I don't really teach public classes anymore. I used to teach a lot of them. Uh, and and she asked me if she could get some firearms training. And I I told her, well, sure. And I kind of gave her some names and places to go. And so while I'm thinking about getting a, a firearm for self-defense at home, and I said, that's great. Um, you know, happy to help you and talk to you about it. And, and of course... She was rabidly worried about the right wingers in America taking over the country and and the the election that was coming up and all the uh, all the problems that was the the violence she was expecting and I I of course I chuckled she knows who I am and and that I'm a leader in the conservative movement and and uh, and and I said I don't think you have to worry about the right um, uh, for violence and uh, but. Nevertheless, uh, you know that, that maybe that's anecdotal, but that does show you that yes, a lot of even the lefties in America are deciding it's time to get armed. And I mean that's that's weird in America because you know we don't think of lefties in America doing that. In other parts of the world, the left is is who controls firearms and with their not only with their go- government but often with the uh, counter-revolutionaries that, that also work for the governments. And, um, you know, look in Central America, it, the lefties are no strangers to firearms. I mean, uh, 
thought. Yeah, well, the firearm isn't the problem, as you and I know. It's the person holding the gun, the way it's pointed inward or outward, you know, whether it's national to defend the country or inward to control a population. And, you know, to your earlier point, by the way, Dudley, I've said for many years, you know, when you surrender your Second Amendment rights, you relegate yourself to police response time. And that's not a smack against the police. You're right. There are only so many law enforcement officers. They can only be so many places. And I know many who say we would rather have responsible gun owners out there than uh, the criminal, obviously, who is not responsible. I think I'm stating the obvious, but uh, that's that we, we yeah. need to look at the cultural shift in this country. Like you, I, I know, I actually know a whole bunch of Democrats who have their weapons, have their collections. Some have them hanging on the walls. They're not locked away behind safes because they don't need to. However, they keep them as long as they keep them safely and use them responsibly. Then that supports what's in our Constitution. And that's what you fight for. Uh, not you. You know, one thing about an organization like yours, you don't fight and say, "Look, this is only guns for these people and guns for those people." Right. It's our Second Amendment rights, just like your neighbors. Right. Uh, I've been approached by many lefties and 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 people. For instance, uh, uh, when I'm speaking, I'm asked that shouldn't shouldn't gays be able to carry firearms? I heck yeah, you can't bash it. Unarmed gay, um, you, you, uh, um, anybody should be concerned with defending themselves. And, and from our organizational standpoint, government should not inhibit that in any manner whatsoever. In fact, it has no right to do so. Uh, and it's what makes us such a unique country. There are very few in the world that have anywhere approaching our freedoms with, uh, for self-defense. And, um, yes, the laws have to be spelled out appropriately. Um, and, but to circle back, we don't need governors who are trying to go end runs around that by, by creating some weird um, quasi-civil penalty for selling firearms. Uh, David, I, the one thing I wanted to equate with Governor Newsom's um, approach here is that it, we're really calling this red flag 2.0. Because if you look at red flag, it, the idea of a red flag law is that without, without a day in court, you can accuse someone of being deranged or dangerous to people, and, and without any notice to them, they can have their firearms seized. And it's not an actual criminal proceeding because, of course, there is no crime committed. It's you think they might. Um, almost manure report style. And you think they might commit a crime. Well, this, this concept that, that Governor Newsom is, is laying out is that you're, you're presuming that someone who buys a semi-automatic firearm is obviously going to commit a crime. Why else would you file a civil action against them? So we see this as like red flag is this first civil step to disarming people, and then and then Governor Newsom's idea is creating this ability to to cripple the people who sell those. And I mean, the two steps are bizarre, almost Orwellian uh, in their origin. Yet, 
He's saying it with a straight face. At least they're out there even more so now, which gives us an opportunity to recognize it and fight against it. Uh, Dudley Brown, president of National Association for Gun Rights, nationalgunrights.org. Thank you, Dudley. Thank you very much, David. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.